You're listening to the Rabbit Hole Podcast with Isaac Mosqueda. Um, it is May 29, 2018. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I'm still getting started. I'm getting my podcast wings here, so things are not very smooth. Uh, but I really thank you for bearing with me. Um, I'll try to say um a lot less. Anyway, on to, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the last, uh, couple podcasts, uh, and that I wasn't too, uh, nervous about them. This, uh, episode, I kind of want to go over some more of the UFO crashes and sightings in history. Uh, since, and I kind of want to bring us up to modern times. That way we can get into a little more interesting, uh, theories about what's going on with aliens and their agenda and, uh, the UFO, uh, phenomenon as we understand it now. But I feel like these stories about past UFOs, uh, crashing or the sightings that we're seeing that we're hearing about are really important because it shows that it is not a modern uh, epidemic. It is not something that people saw too many sci-fi movies and then were like, "Oh my god, I saw a flying saucer in the sky." You know, that's it's. This is uh, pre the movies. You know, some of these, so uh, nobody uh, really had the opportunity to get uh, infected with the idea of men from Mars or anything like that. I guess there were, uh, you know, there's always literature about stuff like that. You know, we had H.G. Wells and the War of the Worlds and the Martians that came from there, too, but in the story. Uh, but, you know, we we also have, obviously, the ones that I uh, spoke about last time, about German historians or newspapers in medieval times, uh, historians in uh, ancient times writing things down, basically documenting UFO uh, encounters and sightings in order to uh, get a handle on them. They didn't even know about them. They didn't know what they were seeing. They were writing it down in hopes that in the future we'd be like, oh, he was seeing this, you know? So uh, we really do a disservice to all those historians back then that documented all these things by not even mentioning them because they that was their life's work and it is definitely something that's important to the development or to the it's definitely important for the human race to know that we are not alone in the universe and that there's other beings that have been visiting us and watching us this whole time anyway let's get on to some ufo stories all right now i want to start with a little story that happened in Aurora, Texas on April 17th, 1897. Um, now, this is a UFO that apparently flew in over the town square, looked like it was in trouble, hit a windmill, and then crashed into, which also destroyed a water tower, and then crashed into the uh, property of... Judge J.S. Proctor. Now, this is not a subtle crash. This is not a crash that occurred in the middle of nowhere. This is right in the middle of town. You know, we got the judge's property getting, you know, destroyed. I think it uh, destroyed his flower garden. So, 
this alien definitely made a scene when he crashed and uh poor little guy uh was found dead at the crash site by pretty much the whole town now there was a newspaper article about this in the dallas morning news in april 19th 1897 i'll read a little bit from it right now uh it was this is about the object it was traveling due north and much nearer the earth than ever before evidently some of the machinery was out of order for it was making a speed of only 10 or 12 miles an hour and gradually settling toward the earth it sailed directly over the public square and when it reached the north part of town collided with the tower of judge proctor's windmill and went to pieces with a terrific explosion scattering debris over several acres of the ground wrecking the windmill and water tank and destroying destroying the judge's flower garden his flowers everybody uh the pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one on board and while his remains are badly disfigured enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world mr tj weems the united states signal service officer at this place and an authority on astronomy gives it as his opinion that he was a native of the planet mars Papers found on his person, evidently the record of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphics and cannot be deciphered. The ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or mode of power. It was built of an unknown metal resembling somewhat of a mixture of aluminum and silver. It must have weighed several tons. The town is full of people today who are viewing the wreck and gathering specimens of the strange metal from the debris. The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. All right, that is an actual newspaper report from the Dallas Morning News, April 19th, 1897. Now, I guess people who deny this happening or that say it is a hoax, uh, I guess they assume the whole town was in on it and just wanted some attention. I find that to be a very poor argument uh this has obviously been documented we've got a newspaper article here people uh i don't think you could get any more bare bones in terms of uh like evidence that that something happened you've got them right here you got the you've got the newspaper article you got many people witnessing in it You've got this guy's telling you that the funeral is going to happen tomorrow or uh, later that day or tomorrow. Yeah, the funerals will take place at noon tomorrow. It's like come to the alien's funeral, come to the Martian's funeral, you know, like that. It was in the newspaper. So I'm just saying, uh, you know, if that's a hoax, that's a very elaborate hoax. Also, I'm assuming these people had a little, you know, had more things to do than to try and trick the people that were reading this in uh, Dallas that an alien had crashed in their town and that they were going to bury it. Uh, anyway, uh, a little more, a little update on this story. Uh, the UFO Files, a TV show, on December 2nd, 2005, decided to actually go with MUFON to the crash site, to Aurora, uh, they found Mary Evans, who was 15 at the time. Uh, she wasn't allowed to go to the crash site 
but her parents went. Um, there was another guy, Charlie Stevens, who was age 10 at the time, and he saw the actual UFO smoking. Um, his father said that he went to the town and saw the wreckage. Now, Mufon then goes to the cemetery, finds a grave marker that looks like it shows a flying saucer. They get a metal detector, put it over the grave, find something that, you know, hey, there's some metal buried down here. They ask the cemetery if they can exhume the body. They're not allowed to. But then, the following day, they go to the uh, gravesite, and the little flying saucer grave marker is gone. And a three-inch pipe is in the ground. And then the metal detector, when it's turned on, doesn't show that there's any metal left underground. Now, you might say that the metal detector was malfunctioning the day before. But it is really strange that the UFO marker was moved. And that a metal pipe was just in the ground now. And that there was no more metal detector uh, readings there so that's just a little strange footnote to that investigation now if i were going to cover something up i definitely if i were a military government whatever if i wanted to cover it up i definitely go over to that place not let them exhume the body take everything that might be real physical evidence which everybody's always crying about uh because they don't want to believe any eyewitnesses they don't want to believe any uh video or pictures or anything like that they they want physical evidence um you know that was taken away uh, now of course you'd want to take it away if you wanted to maintain a cover-up so it's not like they're doing something that that's shocking really if we're going to say that there's a cover-up going anyway really cool story you know that's to me i feel like that is enough to say this actually happened. Uh, I believe that this was not a hoax. So, hey, you know, uh, I guess there's just there's just another little story that you can tell people uh, if they say, hey, uh, there's never been, you know, w- before Roswell, there was nothing. Well, how do you explain that? You know, you're like, hey, actually, uh, some town in Texas held a funeral for a freaking alien that crashed there. So, you know, know your history dude (laughs) um anyway uh let's go on to a story of cape girardeau i hope i'm saying that right it's very french um this is a town in cape or called cape girardeau and i think this is in uh missouri if i'm uh Correct. I don't know my Cape Girardeaux. Um, sorry. It is in Missouri. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. This is another uh, kind of alien burial thing. This is a reverend that was called to a, give the last rites to some aliens. So we've got a lot of alien burials going on. Uh, this is taking place on... Mm, let's see here 1941 um 
And this is, I'm trying to find the date. I wrote this down here. Um, and this is 1941. Um, uh, this reverend named William Huffman, um, the sheriff called him up and said, hey, you need to come to an accident. You got to read some victims their last rites. This guy's like, okay, you know, I'm ready to go read some guys some brat, uh, last rites. Finds himself actually at a rural field and there's a alien or ufo there really broken up there's a couple of bodies two bodies that are dead and then there's one that's still alive so i mean this guy basically sees a ufo crash uh uh, the guy that actually has talked about it, apparently the reverend that read The Last Rites took the story to his grave, but there was a resident there by the name of Charlotte Mann, um, and she was telling the story about what her grandfather had experienced. So it's a very awesome story where this guy comes up to the ufo crash site there's no seams it's metallic in color there's three body three gray alien types being all alien type beings all about five feet tall big heads black eyes you know the military comes in takes it over takes away everything takes away the alive alien and the dead alien um, there's a, a, a reported photo taken where you could see two men holding up a dead alien. Um, but, you know, we didn't get to see this picture. The photograph is lost. Basically, all we have are the relatives of these people recounting to us either deathbed confessions or... Um, you know, stories that they told them when they came back from the crash site. So we don't know uh, if this is this actually happened. I just think it's a really uh, interesting story because you've got another crashed alien. You got another reverend called by the sheriff to give, you know, to uh, so you got another. Uh, alien burial probably about to take place uh, had it not been for the military coming in and taking all that stuff away um i know it doesn't have the paper trail that the aurora story has i just thought it was interesting that we have another crash um now there was a story of a world war ii era ufo crash in england which they referenced as the British Roswell. Now, it's really, really hard to say where this story came from. But there was a journalist by the name of Dorothy Kilgallen, um, who was a TV regular of the 1950s and 60s. She was on Whose Line Is It Anyway, I think. Anyway, she was on a 
lot of uh, of those TV shows in that era. She's kind of a little celebrity uh, journalist. Uh, anyway, in 1955, her and her husband went on a holiday to England. Now, this is what she says. I can report today on a story which is positively spooky, not to mention chilling. British scientists and airmen, after examining the wreckage of one mysterious flying ship, are convinced these strange aerial objects are not optical illusions or Soviet inventions, but are flying saucers which originate on another planet. The source of my information is a British official of cabinet rank who prefers to remain unidentified. Now, this is a well-known journalist. She investigated the JFK assassination. Uh, she actually has a really interesting life story. Uh, kind of got into reading it. She did not buy the JFK assassination uh, storyline that was presented at the trial. She did not believe it at all. So that's another li- little interesting tidbit. Sound like this lady actually had a uh, desire to know the truth. Uh, something that I feel is lacking in pretty much many all of today's journalists, I don't think there are very many mainstream journalists, you know what I'm saying? Like, not the UFO investigators. They're the people that put their, you know, lives on the line investigating, uh, you know, war crimes or any of those other things that that the media will not report on. Um, but this lady definitely knew something or heard a story. Now... Her source allegedly told her, We believe, on the basis of our inquiry thus far, that the saucers were staffed by small men, probably under four feet tall. It's frightening, but there's no denying the flying saucers came from another planet. Now, in Kilgallen's words, This official quoted scientist is saying a flying ship of this type could not have possibly been constructed on Earth. The British government, I learned, is withholding an official report on the flying saucer examination at this time, possibly because it doesn't wish to, does not wish to frighten the public. When my husband and I arrived here from a brief vacation, I had no premonition that I would be catapulting myself into the controversy over whether flying saucers are real or imaginary. So, we definitely have a, uh, a British Roswell. Uh, unfortunately, she died at the age of 52. Now, we think that the cabinet insider she was talking to was a man by the name of Lord Mount, Lord Lewis Mountbatten, who unfortunately was also killed. He was assassinated by, by the IRA on August 27, 1979. Um, so it's really sad that we can't figure out um you know we can't talk to any of these people that actually did do the investigation um now she also wrote in 1954 that flying saucers are regarded as of such vital importance that they will be the subject of a special hush-hush meeting of the world military heads next summer so i mean this lady was gonna this reporter this journalist was going to break open this whole story it sounds like you know it sounds like she had some information that she couldn't wait to tell everyone about 
But, unfortunately, it seems like she was silenced, and then she died a couple years later. So, she never wrote anything about it afterward. Um, Really weird that a mainstream journalist, very famous journalist, uh, you know, would say all those things talk about how they themselves were shocked i mean almost scared or frightened like just incredulous at at the story she was hearing and then we don't get to hear about it uh because she was silenced and then eventually was well she was not killed but she was uh she died in an automobile accident uh, but that was a really interesting story. Uh, again, her name is Dorothy Kilgallen. Um, you should really uh, look her up. She's pretty interesting. Her take on the JFK assassination is actually uh, pretty awesome. She's basically calling BS on the government uh, for their case and is wondering why it happened. Probably another reason why they wanted to kill her if they did want to kill her. I'm not saying that they did. Uh, but you know, you got a you got a journalist that was uh, going from the government is, is not telling the whole truth about the JFK assassination to UFOs are real. Uh, you know, she's not really she's not without controversy. She's she was exploring controversial stuff, but she was doing exactly what she should have been doing. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get we're not going to get to hear any more of her. Like if she did have a report ready to come out or if she did have some kind of article that she was going to publish we're not going to ever know about that because i'm sure it was silenced or she died before uh, she was able to release it but um i am out of ufo stories for today i don't have that much time to do a long um episode i'm doing this story this uh this at the end of the day i apologize i will have another one tomorrow um i'm going to get into the theories of why roswell happened of the direct aftermath of roswell and of a couple little alternative uh, history explanations since if we i'm operating under the assumption of the under the assumption that the government is lying to us actively Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's the end of the day. My voice is kind of over. But uh, I'm operating under the assumption that the government is not telling us the truth, does not want to tell us the truth. Therefore, the the history of Roswell, the history that you've been told, the history that I've been told or taught, you know, parts are omitted, parts are completely changed, and... uh, scrubbed of any mention of aliens and ufos in order to make us think that we're alone because i feel like a population that doesn't wonder about their origins doesn't wonder if there's other life and doesn't investigate things that are happening around them and have been happening around them for ever basically um throughout human history you know they're easily controlled if if you don't wonder about those things, if you don't think about those things, you're 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 kind of content with your little 
piece of the pie, whatever they give you, um, because you think that's all there is. And I, I believe that there's more. Uh, so thanks for joining me, guys. Um, I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to listen to this. I uh, also appreciate any feedback. Feedback. I'll be posting this on the Twitter account. I should probably start posting more because there's so many cool UFO stories that happen currently. And, um, you know, uh, check out. There's a really awesome uh, video of a German UFO that kind of does a little shape-shifting. It's really cool. Uh, I saw it on YouTube today. I should link to it on the uh, Twitter account, uh, and I will. Uh, So have a great... uh, evening (laughs) and uh thank you for joining me down the rabbit hole uh good night